Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. ED. Yo. Is it bad that I feel some type of way about this win? I mean, a, a win's a win's a win. It's good, especially this time of year, December, but I'm. I didn't feel good about that. You know what? Then you just find a way to make peace. Go, go pray. Do whatever you need to do. Um, I'm good. You good? <laughs> I'm good. good. I'm not. <laughs> this is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. Um, I'm feeling a little scroogey here during this Christmas season for, for whatever reason. Um, wasn't really we'll get into it. We'll, we'll talk about that. Why I'm feeling some type of way. I mean, look, you needed the win. So you got the win. You're, you're, you're still in the playoff uh, position. Um, so you're game over 500. You, you did what you were supposed to do. Um, but it's the, it just, we'll, we'll get into it. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, we will also get into the fact that uh, Niners going to be losing uh, one of their top players for the remainder of the year. As that one comes out, uh, as we record this one, ED, it's Wednesday, which is also National Signing Day. Your boy Dion pulled a rabbit out the hat. I got to talk yeah, about that did. because yeah. you know you know how I am as, as, in terms of the high school and the college football. So we got I got to just get your thoughts on that uh, as well. And, and as always, we want to continue to to encourage you to download, subscribe, rate, review, or locate it wherever you find your podcast. If there's a like button or a follow button on your particular podcast subscription service, go ahead and hit that like or follow button uh, and hit us up on social media. On Twitter, I'm at R. Haylock. He is at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, I am at Watch Ray Ray. And he is at Eric Davis underscore 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 underscore. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks at Bet Online. Look, there's all kind of action you get into. All right. I mean, there's there's no shortage of action, uh, especially this time of year. Um, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action. For this season, head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 5050 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts he is super bowl champion eric davis i'm rashawn haylock so niners win this one in overtime 26 to 23 as they knock off the Bengals in overtime uh game balls ed uh time to got time to get oh, easy. some game balls who, who who you got i have a feeling we're gonna be on the same page with this one who you got i i, I, I got ba you won the game so oh. i mean that's just just bottom line, B.A. B.A. has been in the so-called Shanahan doghouse. B.A. hasn't been getting his touches. Um, all he's been doing since, and you and I were, were talking about it, like, okay, he's practicing well, he's doing everything, but um, he wasn't getting the opportunities. He's not showing production, and they weren't giving him the ball. Well, look, you gave him an opportunity to make plays, and since they've been doing that, he's making plays, and uh, you don't go home with a win without what he did. So 
that's a game ball to me. Interesting. Uh, actually, we're not on the same page on this one. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you in terms of BA, but for me, it's Bosa. Uh, Nick Bosa, he he definitely flashed. He showed up. He showed out. Had a couple sacks. Would have had enough. Would have had more if, if they didn't get wiped out because of penalties. But he made the the biggest sack of the game, and that was a sack on third down in overtime that uh, halted the Bengals' drive, uh, kept them out of the end zone, forced them to kick a field goal, allowed the Niners to be able to have a possession in overtime. Of course, they go down and they scored, and it's BA getting into the end zone. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Bosa there. Um, I thought he was he was just un I thought he was unblockable really for the most part. I thought he played uh, I thought he played extremely well. Um, so we are we're talking about this game right and and just from the, an aesthetic point of view right. This game was not aesthetically pleasing, um, and they're not all going to be that way. Granted, but there are some critical things that I, I think can be damaging for this team going forward that I saw out there on the field uh on 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 Sunday um okay. one of them is tackling right I, I thought tackling was poor uh out there in Cincinnati on Sunday and the other one was the inability to put a team away uh I feel like from the beginning like since he handed the Niners this game right uh, a couple yeah, of turnovers they scored ten turnovers. They scored ten points off turnovers. You know how I feel about that ED. I feel like that should have been fourteen in that first half. I feel like the lead should have been a whole lot, uh, a whole whole lot larger than it actually was. Um, but they weren't able to put this team away. Since he ends up come, coming back in a game that you pretty much, I don't necessarily, I don't want to say you had in hand for the most part. Um, they really were just giving it to you, uh, essentially, and. You allow them to come back in and force overtime and and almost lost the thing. I mean, if we're honest, like I mean, if they get into the end zone, Niners don't even touch the ball in in OT. And so, because of that, like I was, it, it was a little like obviously you're happy for the win. You know, you you stay in in, in the playoff picture, things of that nature. But uh, there, those things in particular, I feel like you need to handle those things as you conclude the rest of this regular season here. And, and if you have any hopes. Uh, of trying to do any damage come postseason uh, time. Am I am I am I being too critical here, Ed? Uh, yeah, but uh, that's what you do. <laughs> so, so it's okay. You're a hater. <laughs> so no, but truly, what you're saying, I get what you're saying. And yes, there. It, remember, you've heard me say this before. It's never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you feel. That's how you walk off the field after a game. Win, lose, or draw. It's never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you feel. So all of those things that you're feeling are just so horrible. Remember, all of those things you get to work on after a win. You solidified a win. So um, it's not your fault that Cincinnati continuously gave that game away. It's not the Niners' fault that Cincinnati, and you called it, they aren't ready for that moment yet. They're, they aren't ready. They don't, they don't understand how to take hold and take grasp of that playoff opportunity. That was the chance for them to move up in their division, you know, keep, make certain you continue to solidify that playoff positioning that you have 
uh, that they had at that time. And they, just, you know, in certain positions, in important positions, they're too young to understand how to do it. And you said the experience of the Niners could come through. I think it did. Because uh, since the Nasty tried their best, their best to get that game away, and the Niners were doing everything they, that they could. So uh, do they need to correct those things? Absolutely. Um, they have a chance to, and they kept themselves in playoff position. Uh, so I'm okay, I, I'm okay with, with an ugly win. I, I really am. But those things, you're not wrong you know, in saying that they're going to have to solidify some of those things because, you know, one of my isms is a team that a team is going to go as far as secondary takes. This secondary, uh, and hats off to D'Amico for going in and playing because this is not a cover two team. And he he did the smart thing. He, I don't have the corner. As a defensive coordinator, what you have to do is put in a, a scheme that will allow what you have on game day to prosper and and they ran cover two he protected the corners and it got them a victory i don't know how that's gonna work as you move forward <laughs> you're gonna have to be able to cover some guys and get the balls out of there but it worked on sunday so um yes things have to be fixed but you fix it in playoff position so that's that's the only that's the only thing where i'm saying i I wouldn't freak out just yet because you know you got to win, and a win is a win is a win. Yeah, we were we were just talking about this. It probably was on the pod after the pod. I want to say, um, and we were talking about Ambry Thomas and just yeah. how no one's seen him really this year, and and all of a sudden he's in there. He gets the start on Sunday. Crazy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why hasn't he been playing? I still don't understand that. You go from you go from truly being on the side of a milk carton where people are searching for you to starting. I, I don't, that makes no sense to me, but go ahead, man. So with that opportunity that he got Sunday, what, what did you see? I saw at times why he's not playing. Um, I, I see a player that needs to grow. He needs to learn to play the position. Um, uh, you, you, he's one thing I did see out of him that, and I thought it was the best play that I've ever seen him make as a 49er. He finally dropped his finger. I said there was a, a quick screen. He had to come in and he had to decide if I'm going to avoid contact like I had seen him do in all the previous moments that he had to make that decision. He always chose to eat dirt. He actually, he actually dropped his finger and went to seek contact. And that's what you have to do as a defender. Number one, if you don't like contact, you can't play damn defense. You, you, you just can't. It's like I say all the time like about the physical receiver. That's an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, if receivers don't want to get touched. <laughs> Offensive football is about spacing. It's, a, it's, about, it's about spacing and distance and timing. They don't want to get touched. If you wanted to touch somebody, you play defense. And so I, I, I got to see him do that. But now in, his, in covered situations, he's not there yet. Um, but also, I, the game is way faster. This kid's last action was in preseason. People are, are in – they're not in midseason form. They're in the end-of-season form. Yeah. So the game is way faster than he is accustomed to. So And you could see it. You, you could see that, that he's not up to speed. But he's got a start under his belt. 
Confidence comes from doing. You survive that. He will did some good things, and you can build off of those good things. And the mistakes that he made are correctable mistakes. So, uh, like I said, the, the most important thing to me was seeing: Are you going to seek danger? <laughs> and you have to do that when you're a defender. You have to be willing to seek danger. You can't avoid it. And he actually, I saw him on a particular play actually go and seek that contact. And you got to dial up the anger if you're going to be any type of defender, if you're going to be any type corner. If you can't pull out that angry, you can't play. So uh, that's that's what I say about him. You got to keep growing. Um, but my previous comment still stands. The secondary scares me. I'm not sure it strong enough to um take them very far come playoffs yeah ambry thomas got in there and look this is a secondary that has been heavily penalized so far this season and he got in there he picked up a couple penalties but it was something that we hadn't really seen from this unit so far it was uh illegal contact um out there on, on that island uh what, what did you make of those penalties that he was assessed with was that just being um, a little overzealous there? You know, probably maybe trying to be a little too physical or that well part well part of it is just understanding the pro game and he's got to get used to it because number one, he's a rookie. Number two, he's a rookie who hadn't been playing. And the refs know that. Because most of the time you end up with you end up with the same crew a lot. Especially when you're going within the division. So if you're playing teams uh, within a particular division, you're gonna you're gonna get those guys. Um so they know who's been out there and who hasn't been out there, and then they're going to watch what he's doing. And then there are things that he can get away with in college. Although they're, they're, but at no point can you hit somebody in the beat. And he's just got to learn. So a lot of it was, I do believe, just being overzealous, um, being in a situation where he's, where he's truly trying to, um, trying to make things happen. But that's, that's a part of it. That's just a part of it. Going forward, um, some of y'all are running out of time. Uh, and by some of y'all, I mean me too, because I'm a little bit behind on the whole <laughs> Christmas shopping. <laughs> but say goodbye to the dull gifts. Lightbox Lab Grown Diamonds are the brightest gift of the year using cutting edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the Crack highest it. quality lab grown diamonds you can find at a light price. $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones and blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Price so that they have to, so that they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com, lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment we've entered that time now where you're gonna have to pay you know a little little bit extra on the shipping fees um you know if you wanted to get here uh in time for <laughs> christmas uh so you know that's just that's just kind of part of it but hit up lightbox though they'll they'll, they'll certainly hook you up um there it, is. I, it, it was a couple of interesting things on on that last possession uh ed mm -hmm. they're they're driving down um trying to set up a field goal uh, no more timeouts left. It looked like it looked like Jimmy just took the snap and just threw a couple just out of bounds just to waste time. Like, was I seeing that correctly? I had never seen um, it. Yeah, that's what I think they were doing. Um, 
because you're, you're you're trying to get some time off the clock. But if I remember correctly, they didn't have a timeout. Yeah, no more so timeouts left. Trying to do. Yeah, so what you're going to do is hold the ball, not take a sack, and then you're just going to chunk it out of bounds. So what Kyle was doing was trying to make certain that that kick was going to be the last play of the game. That's That was his intentions. So from that standpoint, I thought that was smart coaching. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought that was I thought that was brilliant. I had never seen that before. It was very varsity blues esque after uh after Coach Kilmer yeah. didn't come back out at halftime and, and the guys on the sideline were calling in the plays and everything and Johnny Moxon was kind of just running running his own uh running his own script out there. He was throwing the ball and okay. hitting hitting it off the mascot and everything else. So that there was very uh, very interesting there, very sleek there by uh by you know, funny, you know, you say that you said that that's very um you know that that's that's very Friday Night Lights or or whatever. Vars, Vars, varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. That's in Varsity Blues. That's very Varsity. But it's actually kind of like the Niners in the nineties, <laughs> 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 where, where the players would just take over and be like, okay, this is the smartest thing to do right now. But um, yeah, that that's what that's what I saw. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Now you know you you know kickers make the kick, make the kick. Yeah, that part, right? Uh, you make. Yeah, you got one job. I'm sorry, people. He's got one job, and people can tell me how I've I've been hearing this for years. It's so hard, and there's so much pressure, and there's so much stress, and all of that stuff. Try playing corner. Try playing quarterback. Try playing left tackle, and you gotta block people. It's pressure on every player out there, every snap. Kickers aren't out there that often. You have less pressure than anybody. Don't tell them. So you have less to do. Make the damn kick. You got one. That's, that's, that's just my, that's, that's my spill on um, kickers today. I can give you one every single day if you really want. I mean, look, you make that kick, there, there's no overtime, right? And maybe mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, you know, as grumpy as I am, you know, on this particular pod. Um, so Niners end up winning. Look, they did what they had to do. And fortunately for them, some teams behind them lost, right? Washington lost to Dallas. So you're yeah. a, a game now, really, on, on these teams, essentially. Um, and so uh, you're still in that sixth spot, but but you're trending in the right direction with Atlanta coming up uh, later on, you know, th- this week. So that being said, you're going to have to be playing the rest of the year uh, without D Ford. Now we know just how dynamic that that lineup is with when you have D Ford and you have Bosa, mm-hmm. and they're both in there, you know, at the same time. And and we've talked about this, and and that that was pretty much you talk about the recipe, the formula, right? I mean that that was it in 2019. Like when they were on the field together, it was a cheat code. And it, look, we go all the way back to the off season, and we weren't sure D Ford was going to play at all this year. So the fact that he start that that he he was able to to start the season and 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 to play. Um, I think, you know, hats off to him, kudos to him for being able uh, to work so hard as Kyle Shanahan, you know, continue to describe throughout the course of the offseason to be healthy, to be ready. But um, I mean, he's got this nagging back issue and it's just not going to allow him to be back on the field uh, the rest of this season. I'm not sure what that looks like going forward just for him and his career. Back things can be, you know, very, very tricky. If you don't have your back, I mean, you don't really have anything right i mean you can't can't move without your without your back so um hopefully you know it all works out for him but from a niners perspective um it's i don't know i think it's a big blow but at the same time i've seen this group 
sort of grow and mature over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, what, what, what have you seen there and, and, and how impactful, I guess, is this loss of, of D4 at this particular point in time? Um, I want D4's health um, to get to the level to where he can be comfortable and function um, and not have to deal with pain day to day. Hopefully all of those things happen. Uh, him working hard and, and Shanahan talking about how hard he's worked to do the things that he's done. Um, that's expected. What is he supposed to do? You know, remain crippled and not try to get himself back in shape. So that right there, that part of it, that's always interesting to me when people say that, like, that's your job. You get hurt. Your job is to get healthy. And if it, when you're, when you're healthy, your job is to play football. When it's, when you're, when you're injured, your job is to get healthy enough to play football. So that's what he was supposed to do. Now, with that being said, Number one, like I said, I want him to get healthy. That's that's the most important part of all of this, to walk away from this game with your health. Um, I would like to see that happen for him. Now, um, outside of that, you say, what is this loss going to be like? Um, there is no loss. Deep Ford hadn't played all year. They haven't played with him. I mean, you look at the number of snaps the defense has played and the, and the percentage of time he's been on the field. They've been playing without him, and I'm sure they've been planning without him. It's not going to affect what – uh, D'Amico Ryans does as the defensive coordinator is not going to affect the rotation of the line. He hasn't been there. So um, it doesn't change a thing. I mean, we've seen some serious pressure out of that front the last couple of weeks, and you should be able to continue to do that. Um, you know, it's, it's, and the front has been playing so much so that, you know, that you've got a defensive coordinator that's saying, you know what, I can play coverage. I don't have to play an eight-man box, nine-man guys up there to stop the run. Um, I can play coverage because I feel like these guys are doing enough. My front four, my are they're doing enough. My front seven to um, harass the quarterback and harass the run game. So uh, it's not the the quick answer after giving you a long one is that it's not a big loss because he hadn't played in two years. So there, there truly is. How can there be a loss when you haven't been participating? Yeah, no, I mean, he, he hasn't played since the Colts game. Um, he's played, he's appeared in just six games this season. And so um, I think there there's absolutely, a, you know, a whole lot there to your point. Um, it's, and and also feel like this this unit is growing. And you just mentioned it too, with yeah. people being able to do, you know, different things from, um, from, from a schematic standpoint. And so uh, I think ultimately, I think it's just about D, right? Like, I mean, I think this Niners front, I mean, look, they're, they are what they are and, and they're improving. And I think they're, they're, they're even getting better at this type, type of year. They tr- they're trending upwards, which is something that you like to see. I think just for D, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it gets worked out, right? For him. Yeah, I mean, he's talking about him per- personally, right? Like, you know, yes. that he gets, he gets well and gets fixed and he gets healthy. Um, yes, regardless of football that, you know, he's, he's able to have, you know, a pretty good, you know, quality of life, you know, so to speak after, after he's done playing. Now, see that, now that's on the personal side, you know, that's, that's why I started that way. That's the most important aspect of all of this. You want this man to function as a human being and not have to live his life in pain after the game is over. And people will say, well, you make the money and you do all of this stuff and everything You're like, okay, all right. But no one wants, uh, you, that's not, yeah, you understand that there are risks, but you also um, don't want to um, just give up your health. You know, no one wants to do that regardless. And I hope that no one out there feels that way. Um, but 
Now, for the football, that's that's for me personally, wishing the best. As far as football, and the Niners are concerned moving forward, it's got to go. He's got to go. And the Niners have to – they have to start looking at that. It, they have to stop investing in retreads. You have to stop that uh, because it is starting to hurt them. It, it's really it's really starting to hurt them because they are building around – and it's happened at the – it's happened at the cornerback uh, position. It's happened at the running back position. Um, and we can look at D uh, on, on the D line and you're, and you're in position to where when you need these guys, they aren't there. And your plan is built around some dynamic guys um, or dynamic when healthy guys, but they're never healthy. So you got to stop doing it. And, and that's something that the Niners front office really has to pay attention to and start looking at and finding ways to get more durable players. Um, because I mess with you about it all the time, but you keep proving it to be true that that best abil- ability for the Niners players does seem to be availability. I will always say ability is the best ability. Um, but, but these dudes aren't there. And, and that's it. And we keep having all these conversations about how great they are, but they're not playing. So I don't see how that accounts for anything when you're not playing. <laughs> yeah. So, so you gotta, you gotta get the, the Niners really, really have to start looking at that. Cause I can tell you right now, it's going to affect them. This team. just like we started off the year. Like this should be a playoff team. I didn't think they were going to win the division. We thought this was going to be a playoff team. Um, They've lost some games that I didn't think they were going to look. But if you look at them in the last couple of months, they've been playing pretty good football, finding ways to win. Um, You started this off about by saying that they can't put a team away. I've said that. I've tweeted it. I've said it live, all these type things. Say it on the pot. They can't put teams away. This is not a dominant football team, but it's good enough to win. And it should be in the playoffs because it has that type talent. But back to these injuries and a D Ford and a Verrett and a Raheem Mostert. And, you know, for that matter, Emmanuel Mosley, all these, no, they, they can't stay healthy. They, they won't, they won't go far in the playoffs because none of their top end guys are there. And that's just, that's just the bottom line. So you've got to find guys that can play at the highest level. But play, actually be around to play. And that's something that they have to look into. And they, they got to figure that out. I don't have the magic formula. Don't know. Don't know why I could play and deal with the injuries and, and play through them. And guys, the teammates that I had, I can't tell you why. But all I know is that they got to find guys that are built that way. Because the guys aren't trying to get hurt. I know that. But they got to fix it because it will cost them. It's going to cost them this year. So before we get out of here, Ed, um, it's National Signing Day, right? So you know how I, I, I yeah. am about, about uh, you know, high school football, college football, uh, and all that. Um, National Signing Day today. This is huge news. Like most, like guys that have been doing this, you know, way longer than me. Um, you know, guys of 20, 30 plus years in in the game have said they've never seen anything like this before, and. Mm-hmm. Your your former teammate, your your former Super Bowl champion winning teammate, Deion Sanders, taking the number one 
recruit in the country and flipping him from Florida State, which is Deion's alma mater, incidentally, which is hilarious if you think about it, uh, to Jackson State, where Deion is now the head coach. Uh, big, big news. Big news in the recruiting world. You, you, we've talked about this uh, in the spring. We had our own little, you know, we had a Dion watch every week where we kind of recap uh-huh. the scores and things that that he was doing down there at Jackson State uh, in in the spring. Came back, followed that up, had a, had a really good year uh, in the fall. Um, but to get this big time of a player to Jackson State, I think that just speaks to what what he's doing, what he's doing down there. Um, that right there completely changes the landscape of football, college football and college athletics as we know it. Um, two, two things are happening. Uh, number one, forget the facilities, forget the amenities, forget um, the booster handshakes and all of these type things. You're getting high-end, five-star, You not not – this dude isn't good for, you know, for the FCS. He's not good for um, HBCUs. This is the best prospect coming out. Everybody has him rated as the best high school football player on planet Earth right now. And he's decided to go to Jackson State instead of a, a power fire school. That right there changes the landscape because it goes back to what I what I've always been told and it's one of the things that as players former players we all know is true um, uh, current players future players tend to listen to older players proven players um, especially high-end players and that's something that um, coaches don't like necessarily they don't like the former players around they don't like the former players in charge because it's easier for the former players to get the ear of the current players and that's um that's an ego issue that a lot of coaches that are coaches that have grown up to be coaches remember we we have coaches in this division that grew up to be coaches you know they daddy was a coach and they are a coach and they go through that and players will will tend to listen to former players, and you see that right now. And you see these players, and what Dion is doing is it's it's kind of affirming that those high end players want to be coached by someone that gets what they do and sees what they do and can speak the language and can show them how to and they believe that that person can show them how to raise their skill level that's what that's what i think is going to start to happen more um and i think you and i think it will start to um because it's happening in college and it'll start to trickle up eventually i, I think it will happen not going to happen overnight but i think you're going to see a lot more of it in college where you're going to see a lot more former players um having the opportunity that we see in basketball. You see in basketball all the time. You'll see you'll see a guy in basketball, and you know this because as much basketball as you report on it, everything you do, Rashawn, you'll see a guy who's never coached at any level get a head coaching NBA job. And yeah. why? Facts. Why? Be, why? Because because the organizations understand that this guy knows the game well enough to coach it, 
And the question is, can he communicate it to the players and get their respect in, in their ear? And these players, respectable players come in and they get that opportunity. I think you're going to start seeing more of the Deons and the Eddie Georges and for, former players get that opportunity um, to start showing that they can coach. And I believe you will see the results of it. Um, just because you play doesn't mean you can coach, but I think the guys that can coach will will show and they will they will get the player. So that's that's why that's such a big deal. When you when you can pull that player out, um that that means that you will put yourself in position to where you will be able to compete with everybody. Because if I got if I got if my players are better than your players, if my ex is better than your O, I'm gonna beat you. It's really that simple. Uh, big, big, strong, and fast tends to be slow, weak, and small. And if I can get all the good guys on my team, I don't care if I'm playing Florida State, if I'm playing Alabama, if I'm playing Oklahoma, Ohio. Why do those teams win? Because they get that number one recruit year after year. Nick Saban wins year after year because he gets the number one recruits from everywhere. Deion Sanders is now grabbing number one recruits, and that is going to definitely change uh, the landscape of football if he can continue to do that. Yeah, no, it's it's big news. It's big for it's big for college football. It's big for recruiting. It's also big for HBCUs. Deion going down there proving that you can get good, great talent to HBCU. The young man we're talking about is Travis Hunter. He's considered by all to be the number one recruit in the country. Uh, some say that he could play both ways in college, um, but others uh, list him primarily as a corner. So you're number one player in the country. Y'all, you just happen to play corner, and now going to play for uh, one of the best that that ever did it at at his position. Uh, so that was huge. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Being a former teammate of yours, I know uh, you've been been uh, keeping an eye on what what he's been doing down there at Jackson State. Yeah, uh, you know I hollered at him today. I had to. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is huge. This is this is huge news. I, I I know some people may not get this or understand, but this is. Dude, this is huge. Um, I, I got like I got probably about a decade in the game, you know, covering this stuff. And so um this is like you just don't see this. Um and no, so it, it happened no. it happened in basketball. A couple guys did it in basketball uh th- th- this past year, but for football, because that look, football is a three-year commitment, right? I mean, you yes, you can't you can't go, you can't enter the NFL draft. There is no one and done in football, right? You can't enter the NFL draft until you're three years removed from high school so mm-hmm. um i mean we all know i mean scholarships are a year-to-year thing but the fact of the matter is you know you're 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 saying you're going to be there for at least you know three years and so uh i think i think that's huge um as for the niners look they pick up a win it's a big win it, it is a huge win it was just a little underwhelming to me but i mean you know it is what it is they they improved the seven to six they knock off the Bengals. Um, who, you know, could be a playoff team. So there's a lot. Maybe I'm just being a little bit overly critical here, but you know, it is you I just wasn't I just wasn't feeling that. You know, I was just watching I was just eh, just underwhelmed. You're spoiled, son. Kind of, You're kind of, spoiled. It may be a little spoiled. bit, but I, I just think the expect the, the expectations that I have, and they may be realistic or not, I think the expectations that I have for this you know team what? um are much greater than the output I that I saw out there on that field on Sunday. Let me say this. Let me say this. And I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it. And it's probably going to um, have some people scratching their heads. Um, but I'm going to say this and then we're going to end this one and we can pick this up at another time. But what we have to realize, because you're sitting here and you're underwhelmed. 
by, by that victory. Now, what you got to realize is that this team, stop looking at the 49ers as the five-time Super Bowl champs that have done all of this stuff and everything. You got to stop that. You really do. And I'll tell you why. Because this team hasn't won anything. Yeah, one good year in the last, what, seven, eight, right? Big facts. Big facts. Facts, right? Facts. Okay, so we still look at this team as the five-time Super Bowl champs and all of this stuff. People, that was 25 years ago. Ooh. The 49ers right now, you're the Jets. Oh. 49ers? 49ers? I mean, you're, you're – hell, we're, we're fighting to not be Jacksonville. The 49ers, you're Buffalo. I mean, you're, I mean, look, look, this this franchise hasn't done anything. So you can't be underwhelmed by wins when you haven't gotten a lot. You have one good year, a flash in the pan in 2019. Everything fell into place. So now let's just work on being a consistent, good team. Let's get become a playoff team and build to become a championship team. That's what we have to do. But we've got to stop with the, okay, this is what we've done and this is who we are. No, who we are right now, if you really want to be honest about it, y'all can get mad at me. But what we are is a bad organization trying to pull ourselves back up. That's what we are right now. If you're talking about wins and losses, now the good thing is that from an ownership standpoint, front office standpoint, coaching standpoint, you got the right people with the right mindset to fix things. And that's all that's going to matter. And it starts at the top. Jed wants to win, and he's going to give them everything that matters to win. He's not just trying to make money. But, this, but stop. So you, and I'm saying this, I'm starting with you, my brother. My I'm, hearing I'm hearing you. I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm right you. here. So a win is a win is a win. Remember this team. You go back the last go people. You hadn't won since you haven't won since what's his name? What's his name? Jim Harbaugh. Since Jim Harbaugh was there. And remember, before Jim Harbaugh, we were losing for damn near a decade. And then we had three good years. And then he was gone. And we, and we lost for like five, six, seven years. And then we had the one in 2019. So you over the last 20 years, we've lost more than we won. So back to what I was saying. Dude, we're the Jets. We're Miami. We're Buffalo. We're freaking Falcons. We're those organizations right now. So let's let's be real about it. And that's why I say we got to get better players. We got to get guys that can remain healthy, guys that can actually produce at a high end consistently. Not a game here or there. Give me freaking Bosa. That's how you play. That's how you that's who he is. Do it every week. Do it every week. Fred Warner. Fred Warner, you showed me what you can do last year. You got to follow it up. You can't have a good year. Not if you're all pro Fred. You can't have a good year. You got to stack them. That's how a team becomes a perennial playoff team, a perennial championship contender. 
That's what we have to have. And as a fan base, we got to understand that we're not there yet. And I'm not sure that we do because there's a whole lot of talk about what we used to have done. And we always talk about how delusional the Dallas Cowboys fans are, right? <laughs> how every year they say, you're, you're laughing, but right? Don't we, we always talk about it. The Dallas Cowboys fans are delusional. They think they have a chance. Jerry, well, Jerry not, ain't won nothing since since Jimmy Johnson. Thank you. This is very thank you. Yes. And, yeah. and, and, th- and, and think about it. And we haven't won anything since George Seifert. Hmm. We haven't won. We haven't won a thing since George Seifert. Because ain't nobody celebrating going to the Super Bowl. You lost. You lost. It's the same thing I told Bill Polian to his face. When I was with the Carolina Panthers, I told him to his face when I first got there when he was in the because he was the he was the president of the team. And and, and one of our early meetings in the summer, he was up there talking about the Buffalo Bills team and that great organization and what they did and what they built and all of this stuff. And I stopped him in the middle of the meeting. In the meeting, I stood up and I said, Bill, I said, you got to stop that because you're sitting here trying to promote to us to do what the Bills did. And I said, you do realize they lost. Well, what they did was special. I said, what, they got their ass kicked in front of the world four times in a row? This is what I told them to his face in front of the team. You got your ass kicked in front of the world. You finished number two like the rest of us that year. Said the same thing. I said, they did the same thing I did. They didn't win the Super Bowl that season. And there's nothing great about going there. If you choose to decide to walk around with that big AFC championship ring that tells the world you got your ass kicked, then go ahead. If that's what you want to build, build it off of. So Niners fans, that's what we got to stop building off of the fact that we lost a game. We had a couple of good seasons in there and we didn't get it done. Doesn't matter if you don't get it done. But this team hasn't even been in position lately to continue to chase them. And that's what we have to get. Realize who we are so that we can fix it. I'm done. A, a, a bit of a look in the mirror moment there. Harsh, harsh reality. That is not, I think there's, there, there's some truth to that. There, there is, there's definitely some truth to that, to what you just said. Uh, speaking of the Falcons, I think you mentioned them in there as well. Niners will be taking on the Falcons later on this week. We'll look ahead to that. Uh, feel free to hit us up on social media. I'm at R. Haylock. He is at underscore Eric Davis underscore on Twitter. <laughs> and, and on Instagram, I am at Watch Ray Ray. He is at Eric Davis underscore 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 underscore. That's four underscores in case you're scoring at home. Uh, so that's going to do it for this one. Um, for my partner, Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We will see y'all later this week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.